0: So, we're in the middle of talking about the community work of the Tzemach Tzedek. So, we said that he was very active in helping the Yidin as far away as uh, the Kherson area, which was in Ukraine, the colonies. During the first eight years of his nasius, he personally made the trip to Kherson every year, once a year. And he stayed there for a few weeks by each trip. Um, he also reappointed the Tzaddik in the as his personal representative, the Shadar, and to be responsible for the Ruchnius of that whole area. The would visit many communities there a few months a year, as we're discussing many uh, for a long time now. And the Tzedakah that was given to him by the Yidden in that community was uh, used to hire him for all the areas over there one time the heard the tzemach tzedek describe the great achievements of being able to get to a constant vacas to hashem that you're constantly want to grab on grab on and hold on to hashem and knowing that because he was continuously traveling, it was very hard for him to sit and learn all day and get to such a level, he asked the Rebbe, maybe he should stop going every year, like Repilo Boisky wanted to give up his job. And hearing Repilo's question, uh, the Rebbe answered him like this. He, first, he went into a state of dvekus. And when he opened his eyes, he said, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchuk said, Anan Poyale. Diemama anan, we are day workers. This means that it's our obligation to light up the world, light up our surroundings. To do that, you could o- it could only be accomplished through the light of Chasidus. Chasvis <laughs> Shalom for you to stop. Fakert, on the contrary, you will continue. And you will light up the entire area with the light of Hasidus. And the success of his actions could be seen by the fact that many years afterwards, for, for a very long time, the the amount of assimilation of Yidin unfortunately marrying Goyim in that area of Russia was much lower than in almost all the other places in Russia. Now, it wasn't just the ruchniest things that the Tzemach was concerned about. He also took a very active role in helping Yidin find the Parnosa when they needed, that they could provide for their families. And one of his Hasidim, his name was Reb Sender Rafalovich. He lived in Nikolaev, which was a large city in Ukraine, as we know that the Rebbe was there. And while Yidin, at, at, in that time, were normally not allowed... To live in Nikolaev Or in any large city But because he was a major contractor He built things And he took care of things At the port where the where the ships were It allowed him to get a special permit to live there And the Tzemach Tzedek instructed The sender To hire as many Jewish workers as possible And he said don't worry if they're Hasidim Not Hasidim If they're Jewish Just hire them and because they were his employees, they also got a permit to live, to work in Nikolaev and live in Nikolaev. And basically what started out as a small group of workers grew to an extremely large number. And not only did this help the Yiddin, first of all, they had jobs, but it also took away a lot of the crowding that was going on in the shtetls. You, you moved a lot of Yidin out of there and made space for more people. It also encouraged, the Tzermach also encouraged the Yidin to get involved in farming, agriculture, to work the land in, in Ukraine and in Russia. The Tzermach also instructed the Absender to hire the famous Chasid, Reb Avram David Levut, to become the Rav Nikolaev. Reb Avram David Levut had a very famous great great grandson, and that was the Rebbe. Reb Avram David Levut was the Rebbe's great great grandfather. He was his mother, from his mother's side. Anyway, so he, he told him to become the Rav Nikolaev to take care of the needs of the community there and by, by, by that time in 1850 the original, uh, when, when the Mittler Rebbe founded the, the Kherson colonies started off with 22 colonies that was 35 years earlier now it got so big that not only did the colonies themselves become much bigger but there were close to 20 new colonies besides for those original ones. And he had tens of thousands of Yidin were pouring in, in, into Nikolaev and the surrounding areas through the Tzemachsedek's efforts. The Russian officials convinced that the traditional Rabbonim didn't encourage the Jewish people to work. And they were so impressed with Rabbi Avram David Levut's dedication to the people's welfare that they appointed him the official rabbi of the entire region Now what usually would happened was In those days This went on for many many years All the way until communism There was Every town had an official rav Usually the official rav could be some maskil Nobody respected him His job was just to record down When this guy was born When this guy died All that type of stuff But then you had the rav Of the town Which, which was the real rav But he wasn't recognized by the government so once in a while you had a Rav who was a, the official Rav from the government who happened to also be a very from Yid. So you have this case over here with Rabbi Ram David Lavut, and using his position to his advantage. Um, he found employment for even more Yidin and the Tzemach Tzedek constantly encouraged people to move there. Now by the time Rabbi Ram David Lavut passed away 40 years later, there were hundreds of thousands of Yidin earning a livelihood in Nikolaev and the surrounding areas. Now, the job of finding livelihoods for thousands of families, you have to establish new communities, you have to send Rabbanim, Milamdim, Shayichtim to all these areas, as well as to, the, to, to, to the, the new areas, as well as the old areas, all throughout Russia. That itself is, is a full-time job. Especially you have to you look at a map. Russia is is huge. And there's a lot of distance between all the all the places in Russia. But this was only a small fraction of what the Tamerlane did. And with the passing years, the Tamerlane he faced new and greater challenges. Uh, many great people would have been very overwhelmed But the Samach just took it head on and, and did what he had to do So we're now going to begin discussing Different activities that he did Starting with the Cantonists So we're going to start off We're going to give a little Hagdama about Czar Nicholas I, also known as Tsar Nikolai. So he was known to be an extremely wicked person. The Tzermach Sadek once said that the Chachamim tell us that Hashem created, whenever there's an illness, Hashem created a cure before the illness. And he said the same is true about the Czar, meant Tsar Nicholas I. He said in 1798, when Nicholas was a young boy, he was only two years old then, he saw a prisoner being taken in for questioning Who, who was a prisoner in 1798? Al-Tur-Abe. Okay, the Alter So he picks up a stick, this two-year-old Nikolai And he went over to hit the prisoner with the stick However, the prisoner gives him a look The way I sometimes give you and obviously we know this prisoner was none other than the Alter Rebbe. And it caused this boy, who grew up to be Nicholas I, to freeze and drop the stick. And the Tzemach tzedek finished off. That fear that the Alter Rebbe put in him, it made the evil much less. If this would not have happened, who knows whether we, the Jewish people, could have survived Tsar Nicholas's wickedness. Meaning as bad as he was, it could have been way worse if not for the Altareba steering him down when he was two. So Tsar Nicholas the became the Emperor of Russia in 1825. His brother was the previous Tsar, Alexander the So he was the 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 Tsar when Al was arrested. Oh uh, no, um, I think it was I'm sorry. Paul was the Tsar. So Paul was, his first son was Alexander I, and then Nikolai became the next Tsar. So, one of the first gazetas that he made against the Yidin was that for the first time in that period of Russian history, Yidin, just like Goyim, would be drafted into the army for a period of 25 years. Now, we already mentioned earlier, in the when we spoke about the Mittler Rebbe, that one of the reasons why the Mittler Rebbe traveled to Haditch to, his alt, to, the, to the oil of the Alter was because of this gezerah. Also, before he was nostalic, the Mittler Rebbe said a mimer which explained, according to, uh, the, he explained the reason for this terrible gezerah. Now at that time, Russia was not at war. It wasn't like they needed all these extra soldiers. And the main purpose of the drafting of these Yidin was to uproot Jewish boys from their communities and families in the hope that they would assimilate in the army and forget their religion. So to make this happen even quicker, the quota that was put on the Jewish community, it eventually reached double the number than for the Gaisha community. Twice a year, Yidin were forced to give 10 soldiers for every thousand Jewish people living in this city or town. Meaning that if let's say you had 2,000 people living in a town, twice a year they had to give 20 people for the army. Now, and the Russian army commanders did everything in their power to convince these Jewish soldiers to give up their religion and to convert. If this could be accomplished through bribing them with friendship, okay, we'll use peaceful methods. But if the young Jewish soldiers fought back and they said, no, we're going to stay a Jew. Okay, we'll beat you. We'll take your sitter and we'll burn it in front of your face. You're going to have no svarim. And if you happen to be older and you have a pair of oh yeah, right, you're not keeping that. So when Yid finally gets out of the army after 25 years of suffering, what, what do you think? he looks like I, I, if he's from it's a miracle and again it's not his fault now this was for those who got drafted when they were 18 what do you think happened to those who were kidnapped when they were eight younger than you guys imagine you being taken away from your family Why can we imagine that? and And they send you off to live in the middle of nowhere where no Yid can contact you and you have no contact with Yidin. If you happen to sneak some, some a sitter or a chumash to Tehillim with you, they'll take it away from you in five seconds. And they'll force you to eat treif. If you don't, they'll beat you. And eventually you're going to give in and eat it. There's no fighting back. And that's, that's, you start off when you're nine. now they, And they keep you for the next nine, ten years till you turn 18. Then you go to the army for 25 years. You really think there's a chance too many people are staying from? Mm-hmm. And yet we're going to see there was a lot of work done to combat this. The Tzemach first response to this decree was had two parts. First, He helped the Jewish towns lower their population count. We'll talk about that in a second. So that the army quota would be smaller. So, meaning like this. Let's say this boy was born, that boy was born. You don't write down that these boys were born. Now, what does that accomplish? That there's a smaller population. Instead of there being 10,000 even in the city, there was only 9,000. And so you had that, And then you save 10 Jews from being drafted. Obviously, you can't save everybody because you can't say there's nobody being born. But as much as possible. Then also there were ways to do it that you said, oh, these people died and this person died. Really, they didn't die. But you're right that they died. Again, that lowers the population. So that was one way of doing it. Another thing they would do, he tried to, he tried to find ways to exempt as many boys as possible from the draft. So under certain circumstances, the government allowed legal exemptions from the army. For example, if a family only had one son, and this was their only son, he's exempt from serving in the army. Now what happens if you have a guy, Hashem, he has five daughters, but his neighbor has two boys. You know what happens? One of the boys will go live by the other family and say, oh, this is my only son, he can't join the army, sorry. And this is what happened. If you had an older couple that had no children or something, oh, well, they found themselves, that now they have a son, we forgot to mention him, uh, you know, for the past 20 years. Well, not 20 years, but for the past uh, 20, whatever, 15 years. This is, their, this is my only son? And This way he was able to save many people and we will continue talking about this tomorrow.